You're listening to The Rundown Podcast with the Midday Warriors. Who would have thought? We did. We did! How about that? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Rundown Podcast with the Midday Warriors. I'm Aidan Payne, joined by Daniel Webb and Zach Standish. Boys, thanks for... Jumping on. And, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, man. That's all right. How about that? Hey, oh, Johnny Lamont. Weekend. It doesn't get better than that. That's that's why we love footy, isn't it? That's just unreal. One of the better days I've had at the footy, I reckon, that one, at, um, at Maroopna Recreation Reserve on Saturday. Yes. I'll I'll we, let you, you know, dive, delve into it, but it was just incredible. The Cats, they're fighting for a spot in the finals. They're up against the powerhouse team, the one that, you know, no sides beat them. Uh, on the day, I know they've lost the points in the first round, but no, no side's beaten them this season. And yeah, no one gave them a chance. I certainly didn't give them a chance. And they had to win that game to play finals because Seymour, obviously, and, and Kyabram were, were going to get the job done, which they did. And somehow they pulled the, you know, pulled it out of the hat. And um, yeah, they got the job done by a goal. It was incredible. It was. How good is footy? How, the scenes after that game. It was I haven't seen anything like it in, in a long time, especially, you know, obviously with COVID wrecking the last two seasons and, yeah, things like that. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, if if people were, you know, worried about whether footy's back or not, I reckon the weekend just uh, oh, yeah, just sort of solidified it, I reckon. It was, yeah, it was for, incredible. For those of us that weren't there, what was it like when that siren went? Was Were people running everywhere? Were they crying? What was it like? Yeah, so Zach and I were there. I was taking photos that weekend and Zach was reporting on it. And, and yes, yeah, I'd already been there for the start, the first uh, first half. And, you know, um, Marupner had, what, they were down by about four goals. Yeah, I chewed kicked the first four goals, and, and yeah, it wasn't wasn't looking too good. I, I was actually I wasn't there in the first half. I was at Deakin Reserve uh, at the Shep United Seymour game. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they down the like coughed up the first four goals, and yeah, it looked like it might be a long afternoon. And then yeah, they just pe- pegged their way back into it slowly in the second term before yeah the the the, the third quarter blitz. Yeah, that's it. So I was there first half, and I was taking photos and. I text Zach and I was like, look, man, I, I know that United um, and Seymour, that game's probably done and dusted by now. You might want to come to Marupna Rec Reserve. I've got to get out of here. I've got to go back to the office and process photos. I got back here and, yeah, there was that third quarter blitz that Zach spoke about and next thing I know, the cats are in front and Zach's texting me like, mate, you better get back here. Like this, uh, you know, they could be on here. They, this could be... Um, this could this could be it because the cats, Marupna, they hadn't played finals in in eight years. Two thousand fourteen was the last time, and you know they had Jai Simpkin and Clayton Oliver running around those days, um, and yeah, Blake Campbell was co- coaching at the helm. Yeah, like it was just incredible scenes, and to be back there and you know as you asked Daniel, what was it like? It was it was pretty special, you know, um, being down the lens and, and getting all the you know the, the emotion from the players the supporters it was yeah it, it reminded me of a grand final win to be honest um and as zach said you know we we haven't seen that for for three years now and yeah to, to have it back it was I'm, I'm really looking forward to that how the next you know month goes with grand finals coming up and and, and you know finals uh heartache it'll be there and, and jubilation it, it's going to be pretty uh pretty exciting Absolutely, yeah. Um, as you said, if that's um, you know, a precursor of what's to come, it's going to be pretty exciting. And yeah, as we know, it all kicks off this weekend, and I'm sure we'll, we'll delve into that later in the yeah. podcast. But and, and just uh, you know, obviously for a heads up for our listeners, thank you for, for tuning in as always. Um, you know, we had a spoke uh, we spoke to John Lamont um, a little bit before this podcast, um, and yeah. It was a it was a great chat with old uh, Johnny. He's it's a, always a, it's always a great chat with Johnny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we do love. Uh, do love catching up with him, and um, now he's done some great things for the footy club. So it's um, it's good to see. And we've got a Shep club, uh, you know, in the in the finals, which is um, was going to be our closest team would have been Kai or Yaroa, I reckon. Yeah, Kai, which is so um, yeah, it's so pretty pretty crazy. Isn't to, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, good for a Shep team to be uh, in the final series in the senior football. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's yeah. John Lamont, uh, that interview will come up a little bit later on. But as Zach said, yeah, there's plenty to get through because it was a a pretty incredible final round of Golden Valley League football. Like, how about Seymour? 
That's just a uh, heartache. Was yeah. it 0.04% or something ridiculous? 0.019%. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was a bit off. But it, was, <laughs> but it, was, it was four points. So if they'd won the game by four oh. more points, they would have four been Four more in. points. That is and dumb. Yeah, That's and they, like, kicked, they, they kicked horrendously. 12 goals, thir- 12 goals, 13 behinds, what? five out in the full. Well, I was taking photos for that first quarter as well. And the first 10 minutes, they, they would have had at least half a dozen inside 50s, nearly 10 inside 50s. And... Yeah, they would have kicked zero point, you know, um, maybe five behind, four behind yeah. or something like that. Well, half time quarter. it was, yeah, two goals, eight. So they were only three goals up at half time and they really should have been 40 or 50 points up. And yeah, well, I mean, it's been a roller coaster season for Seymour, obviously. Had all those injuries at the start, they came good, but, you know, they, 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 they won six in a row. Well, losing to Swans, really, is probably going to end up being what cost them um, at yeah. Princess Park a couple of months ago. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy to think that Seymour outside filled with that much talent is going to. Going to miss the finals. But if but they kick one more goal, Zach, on Saturday, they I know. Play for, like, they're in finals. Exactly. And and, and, I, and I think, too, if they make finals, they, they would have had a serious say in what, what happened because, obviously, they would have played Urola. They beat Urola only th- three or four weeks ago. So, I think, yeah, I, th- I think they, they definitely would have had a had a big um big influence in on what was going to happen, but not to be. So, yeah, we've got the, the final series um locked in now. Uh, you could play Mansfield. Um, in Seymour on Saturday for yeah, the qualifying final and the two elimination finals. Uh, Uroa plays against Kai Abram and Marupna plays Rochester. So the yeah, the Uroa game is in Tatura and, yeah, that Marupna one is in Echuca. So, yeah, yeah plenty. On Sunday, that one. On Sunday Marupna. too, yeah. No, but so, it yeah, should be, unpack. Yeah, 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 it should be good, that Marupna game. I think with them coming off such a big win, you know, many people probably think that that was their grand final of sorts. Um, and obviously last time they played, they kind of did it a bit easy against Rochi. Um, and yeah, so it's going to be a pretty interesting game. Rochi have really hit their strides. I was, I was just having a look at some of their GVL data before. Get into the stats, that Daniel. Um, I like that. And yeah, they were they were definitely looking, uh, been looking really good the past couple of weeks. Struves has been kicking goals with fun. Joe Atley, who can't play finals, unfortunately, he's been just racking up possessions, uh, a fantasy football pig of sorts, as Zach Sandwich. <laughs> Zach Sandwich. Zach Sandwich, would <laughs> say. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> just uh, ease up on the GBL data. We'll, we'll get to that and Zach's stats as well. Um, I can't wait. I guess we've got – yeah, Isaac and I, Daniel. <laughs> um, obviously, um, there's plenty of news about. There are, always is this time of the year uh, with finals kicking off and, and grand finals. Um yeah, I, I suppose. Um, yeah, what well, caught our eyes, Zach? I know you've got a pretty uh, big story. Yeah, this was um, a, a very heartwarming one. Um, Seymour product Sophie Locke made her AFL debut for Hawthorne on Saturday night in the big game against Essendon. Um, unfortunately, the Hawks couldn't get the job done, but what uh, made this one, yeah, so emotional and yeah, such a great story was the fact that, yeah, um, Sophie unfortunately lost her mother um, two weeks ago to cancer. Um, Sarah, obviously, was a... Was a you know much loved figure down in Seymour. She played netball for over fifteen years. Coached you know pretty well all the all the, all the guns you see playing for Seymour have all been coached by um. Just by about Sarah. everyone, yeah. everyone knew Sarah too, didn't they? Exactly. Yeah, they had they had they had the big night, the big day for her a couple of weeks ago against Satura. Um, Chloe, Sophie's sister, played goal shooter, even though she was uh in, in a moon boot um at the time. So she um yeah she went on the court and played goal shooter, which was. Sarah's position, so yeah, that was um that was quite emotional. But yeah, Sarah, so Sophie managed to kick the first ever goal for Hawthorne at the AFLW level, and yeah, she um obviously very emotional one, put it through, uh, kissed her armband, looked up to the heavens. So yeah, yeah it was yeah. pretty pretty touching. It was pulled at the heartstrings a bit, didn't it? It did, yeah. I mean, it sort of shows that you know you can't really write write these scripts, and yeah, the fact that yeah her, her whole family was there, heaps of Seymour people made the trip down to Melbourne to watch that one. So. Yeah, it's one of those you know, you know heartwarming stories, especially yeah, after Sophie's obviously gone through the whole Lock family really has gone through such a lot. So you know, and the lot. Seymour community, I think, um, yeah, you know, as you touched on, Sarah was such a beloved figure down there. Yeah, the memorial had yeah hundreds of people down there um, the other week. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's just a, a good yeah a good news story after what's been a tough week for a tough tough few weeks for the family and yeah the whole Seymour community. No. That's uh, exactly right, mate. Uh, thank you. And Daniel, um, yeah, what seemed to catch your eye, mate? Well, I was going to go with my boys Lindisfarne making the Southern Football League Grand Final in Tasmania, but <laughs> okay, I thought no, I'll keep no, it no, Golden keep Valley it, relevant. Um, and there's a couple of young guns um, from the Golden Valley Suns that have yeah really been making headlines, I guess, of sorts. Um, Lucas Cirillo's uh, making the 
made the state team again for the national championships and he's going to be joined um, by Fiorina Luria. I hope I got your name right, Fiorina. Um, but yeah, she's been banging in the goals in the NPLW um, down for Calder, I believe, in the in, in Melbourne. Yep. Um, she's got 22 goals for the season 22. in the under-19 league. She's 15. 15. Um, so she's playing four years up and leading goal scorer for the league. She's also going to the national championships. So... Um, those two sons, young guns, caught my eye. I think, yeah, they definitely deserve a, a bit of recognition for their efforts. And, yeah, they're definitely a couple of young soccer players to watch. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great weekend for the, the sons overall, though, was it, Daniel? No, smooth transition there, mate. Um, nice segue, Zach. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a disappointing one. Obviously relegated to NPL 3, Western United outdoing them in the, in the playoff game. Um, A-league level talent. 6-1-2, wasn't it? Yeah, A-league level talent. It's pretty hard to beat. Um, yeah, that's a... a I mean, who in the other playoff game it was Victor, Melbourne Victory and versus Kingston, Kingston and, and, and Kingston, Kingston got, got up. So if and we all thought that they might have been playing Victory too. Um, so Man, just they, a bit, they, a bit Victory were uh, Victory had a really good season, so they were unlucky not to not to get the W. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. He's a he's a Melbourne Victory <laughs> just, you know, popping up in the over there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just stating the facts. Uh, but, um, yeah, wouldn't so, expect yeah, that yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, good luck to them in NPL three next year. Yeah, I think it's actually a positive, arguably, um, because you know they'll be able to rebuild. Hopefully, focus a bit more on on the youth and everything like that, and yep. then they'll come back into NPL two and stronger and win a couple games. Yeah, exactly. They've got plenty of young. Youngsters uh, in the ranks, so hopefully they can draw from that pool. And, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how they perform. But, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, they can bounce back next year. Um, yeah, Nathan, what about you, mate? Anything catch your eye? Oh, I mean, you've got me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did talk about Marutna. That was probably the big one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think that was the, the big one from the past week. Obviously, Daniel Ricciardo losing his seat. At McLaren, uh, I know that that's Formula One news and not really relevant to the Golden Valley region. I mean, it could but be. Yeah, it, it, pro- it probably will be. It probably will be because Oscar Piastri, who's the next big thing in Formula One, I've been shouting this from the rooftops for the past two or three years now that, you know, Oscar's going to, um, you know, once he gets into F1 on the grid, he's you know, going to take it by storm. And he's certainly done uh, that in, I guess, off the uh, track in terms of making headlines. Um, yeah, it sounds like Oscar's going to take Daniel Ricciardo's spot. And for all those uh, tuning in, thinking, you know, wondering, you know, what's going on with why we're listening and, and knowing about Oscar Piastri. Um, Oscar's parents are from Shepparton and yeah, his grandparents are still uh, based in, in Shep. And um, yeah, he's got a lot of family members in the region too, in the do GV. We, so. Do we call him Shepparton's Oscar Piastri or is that too much of a stretch? We can definitely call him Shepparton's we'll, we'll Oscar him. Piastri. Yeah, we'll claim him. We've already claimed him. I know talking to, you know, Dale, Kathy, uh, his two grandparents and, and Robin and Huey, the, they're both, um, oh, sorry, all four of them, they're, they're just super proud of, of Oscar. And um, yeah, we're more than happy to, you know, you're right there, Zach. Yeah, all good, mate. It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just getting emotional. <laughs> Talking about Daniel Ricciardo. That's it, man. Yeah, Danny Rick's just my boy. <laughs> Where does he go, though? Uh, oh, Alpine or Haas, surely. Just, I want him to go somewhere. <laughs> I, think, I think Pierre Gasly's off to Alpine. Yeah, okay. From all reports. There you go. I yeah, think you Alpine go. want Pierre. And, um, yeah, Haas. Danny Rick. Yeah, maybe. Alpine. I've, I heard uh, that the other day. You want to get back to Red Bull, sure. Mm. Or like the Red Bull family, surely. That's what someone was saying. Really? Who's so, someone? Some, I don't some, I don't know the source. <laughs> some, some blogger. <laughs> some bloke at the fish and chip shop. <laughs> some guy on Bigfooty. I was going to say some dude on Reddit. <laughs> Bigfooty. Don't talk don't start about that. Um, all right, let's move on. We'll dive into some JVL data. Is that what's up next? That sounds good I think to me. that's up next, yeah. Uh, easy. GVL Data is proudly brought to you by the Moama Bowling Club. Get on down to the region's premier sports and entertainment destination. Yes, GVL Data, that time of the episode again, where we run through some of the stats that caught our eye. 
Uh, yeah, obviously, thank you to the Moama Bowling Club, uh, the premier sporting destination uh, in the region. Uh, you boys were down at uh, the Moama Bowls Club the other day, weren't you? Yeah, we, yeah yesterday. We were there we yesterday, there, yeah. First Last time Tuesday, down yeah. there for me. Um, Zach, what'd you think? How was it? Zach's a returning visitor. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Like, so many screens. It was so much bigger and better than I could have imagined, to be honest. It's a, it's a, it's a serious establishment. I've yet there. to get down there, but I hear it's just like... It's massive. Whatever you're th- thinking of, it just, mate, it just blows your mind. I, I pictured a bowls club. I walked into <laughs> like a, Hence the end. A, a massive thing. They're, they're building a resort there. It's set on the wall. Like... <laughs> It's, it's unreal. Cascade Light on tap, obviously drinking responsibly. Cascade Light, um, that was unreal up there. <laughs> nah, very good. Now, Zach, do you want to take... Oh, actually, we'll, hold, we'll park Zach. Yeah, hold me for a little bit. We'll yeah. hold you for, for Zach's stats. Daniel. Yes. Tell us. Um, so, I was just having a look at Rochi. Um, obviously, the Tigers been up and about a bit lately, and I, uh, I compared them to the Oscars red carpet. <laughs> Because all the stars have come in and they've just aligned at the right time of the year. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was looking at the look at their past couple of games and sort of who could stand up in finals. Um, Joe Atley, as I mentioned earlier, he's not going to be playing finals because um, he played too many games for Essendon's oh, VFL really? side. Oh, um, that's according to you boys because I didn't actually know the amount of games that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that. <laughs> Bad luck, mate. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> But, yeah, he had a couple of great games to, to steer Rochi in the right direction. He averaged 28 disposals in his last two games, 4.5 marks, 6.5 clearances, um, and a few 11 ground ball gets he averaged for those two games. But, you know, while that Atley won't be in the team, Sean Atley will be, and, and he's also had a cracking year. 31.6 disposals on average for the season, which is just ridiculous, and 4.8 inside 50s for his 11 games. Yeah. So wow. that is unreal. Um, and obviously, Stroob's, um, Stephen Stroobans, kicking goals for fun in recent weeks. Um, so he'll be definitely important. Chris Jansen, if he can come back, he had 30 disposals a game. Yeah, I think they just put, I think they put Chris on ice for those last two rounds. And put, him in, put him in the freezer. Put him in the freezer, that's, that's it. it. And uh, yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back this weekend. It's going to be a pretty formidable Rochi team, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, there's just, you know, those just a couple of the blokes, but, you know, there's a, a whole team full of talent there. Yeah. Um, and if they can sort of click into gear, which they have been, um, they're going to trouble a lot of sides. And and Gregor McTaggart, the uh, editor of the Riverine Heavenwood, even thinks they might go all the way. That's He's a big dreaming. call. He's dreaming. I, <laughs> I can't see that happening. Um, Rubner's going to beat him this week. Oh, you've heard it here you've first. Heard it here first. <laughs> Exclusive. This is the same man that said Achuka would beat Marupna and they wouldn't play finals. So yeah, <laughs> that is true. He, he um, yeah. We'll see what happens, Zach. Um, what, alrighty. What data have you got, mate? I don't have data for you. I'm a bit underprepared. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is okay. Um, it's been a busy day. It has been a very busy day, and I've got Ronnie texting me. Uh, Ronnie, the sub-editor, um, wondering where the hell the back pick is because I forgot to caption a back photo. So let's wrap this up. Well, should we just go <laughs> straight into to Zach's stats then? <laughs> yeah, look, um, let me re- re- try and remember what, uh, what sh- you know, which button I press for Zach's stats. I think it, I hope it's this one. Scott needs to lift. I've just been trolling through all the numbers. A case of leather pausing for Benji Obi this weekend. How good is GBL data? Holy. What a fantasy football pig that guy is. I love the crom. Dark Knight Rises. Go crom. Every time I hear that intro, I just cringe. I get chills. The hairs on my arms stand up. I hate it so much. That's all right. Nah, come on, mate. Tell us. So obviously, Zach Stats. How fitting that today's Zach Stats is about a guy called Zach. Zach Norris, the... Uh, wow, hang on. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, Mind <laughs> equals blow. I think, I think I'm done now. I, I actually think I've got to leave. <laughs> that was is this where we end the podcast forever? I think so. So Maybe. yeah, Zach Norris, the Ruckman for Kyabram. Obviously, um, one of the best Ruckman. He was the interleague Ruck uh, not too long ago. Um, he's just gone out and had himself in a, a field day against the Shep Swans. Um, there's all good Ruffman do's, you know, getting his uh, getting his hands on the ball with uh, 34 hit outs. But what what impressed me was, was uh, what he did outside the ruck contest. Um, 24 disposals for a ruckman. That's yeah, that's big yeah, numbers. That's he averages some, 14 for the year. So he's, yeah, he's going big there. Um, 20 contested possessions. So, oh, yeah, he's just uh, 
getting yeah, just you know, getting his hands. And it wasn't dirty. a wasn't a wet day last weekend, was it? It was summer's out. Yeah, he's just, conditions. he's just he's just he's just you know willed himself into the footy, but it it, it gets better. It gets um, better. Eighteen to get better. Eighteen ground ball gets. Oh, so he's, you know, he who doesn't love just, a ground ball? Just getting get. his yeah, just getting his big frame down there and picking <laughs> up the footy. For, you know, and you know for the for those big boys, it's hard to get down that low. So he's done well there. Um, nine inside fifties. Nine inside fifties. Three score assists. So for Ruckman, you know, score assists. That's that. You know, you, you don't see that too often. But the number that yeah that you know that blew me away was the twelve clearances he had. Fire oh, yeah. out! So Carbon had thirty seven on the day. He's had twelve of them. So he's accounting for what, what's that? A, a quarter of the team's yeah, clearances. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, yeah, that's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah he, had, that, he had five more than any, anyone else on the ground. Seven more than anyone on his team. So yeah, that is just a ridiculous day out. And speaking of Zach's, Zach Keo also had a, had had another bad game too. Smooth. So yeah, the um, <laughs> smooth. Zach's one goal four, one goal four. One goal four. He did. He had thirty five disposals. Took thirteen marks. Twelve uncontested. Twelve handball receives. Five clearances. So yeah, Zach's stats has a bit of a Zach flavor this week from the uh, the Kybram Zach's uh, flying the flag. Good stuff, there, I like Zach. That. I like that. <laughs> and uh, for all those who. Unsure of what that uh, segment was. It was uh, Scott needs to lift. <laughs> I've just been trolling through all <laughs> the numbers. Zach uh, stats. <laughs> Thank you for that, Zachary. Um, alrighty, half time. Oh, I reckon half time. Time for time for a drink. Time for a break. That's uh, yeah, half time. <laughs> all right. I think that's half time. That's half time, mate. Yeah. So on the other half of the break of the rundown podcast with the midday warriors, we've. A quick chat from John Lamont, the Maripna football netball coach, uh, senior football coach who, um, yeah, obviously coming off that incredible win over Echuca at the weekend. Uh, yeah, we were lucky enough to have a quick chat to Johnny and, um, yeah, he, he ran us through everything from, uh, you know, the preparation that went into the game and the feeling after it and, and what, uh, what's to come for the Cats. So uh, stick around for, um, for that chat with John after half time. That's half time. You're listening to the Rundown with the Midday Warriors. If you've got a story idea or a lunchtime league legend you want us to know about, hit us up at sport at shepnews.com.au or message us on social media. Let's get back to the action. Thanks for putting some time aside to chat to us, John. Um, yeah, obviously, you just want to have a quick chat about the weekend's win um, and obviously the final series coming up now. Uh, yeah. Take us back to, I guess, before that game uh, against Tachuca. What was the uh, the lead up like? Well, we've had a, we had a good lead up to it. We were in this situation. I think I'd said to Aiden or Zach at some stage. I was calling it the race to twelve. Yep. We needed to get we needed to get the twelve wins to make it because we knew um, that with the opposition uh, the team. Tension with us, with us, the teams that they were playing, we wouldn't uh, hold anyone out with our percentage. So we knew 11 wins wasn't going to do it. We had to get to 12. So we were calling it the race to 12. So we had Mansfield, who at that stage were third on the ladder. We went over to their place and uh, were in front of three-quarter time, but uh, they were too strong for us in the last quarter. So then we go to Yaroa at Yaroa, who were second on the ladder, I think, at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just came up short that day and lost a couple with injury. Um, so in terms of the preparation for Echuca, it was sort of this ongoing build that we had to find a win somewhere. And then there was a real line in the sand after the Yaroa game because, well, boys, we haven't been able – we've stuffed it up these last two, so we've got no choice. We were going to lose the captain. He's got a broken arm. And yeah. Googly, Googly had a crook shoulder. We didn't know at that stage. Um, but there's a line in the sand, stake in the ground, whatever you want. We've got no choice now. We And we know who we're playing. We weren't under any illusions. So, you, yeah, get your head around what the uh, and the tar- what the task is in front of us. So, um um, so yeah, look, we just uh, we just tried to prepare well, and we framed up that you know, sport at the, you know international level, and, and um, 
national level and local level is littered with upset. So why not us? Why can't we do it? So we start speaking about those sort of things to build a bit of belief that it can be done um, yeah, when just, we played. Yeah, sorry, John, just on that, I mean, I was talking to Zach and, and he said that, yeah, that was one thing that you... You know, brought on uh, during the week in the lead up, just those um, some of those upsets. I think Zach, what was it? The um, yeah, Buster Douglas and uh, Ollie, Ollie Hoare, I think were the, were the two you said you mentioned uh, on Johnny on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and Buster Douglas, um, you know, that's nineteen ninety. None of these blokes were born then, but <laughs> we we definitely spoke about it. Like it's one that's firmly enough. I think of upsets. I'm in my early fifties. You know, that one in nineteen ninety, just unbelievable. We know what a you know, an irresistible force Mike Tyson was and Buster Douglas got it done. So we spoke about that and then we used the, because it was topical and recent, the 1,500-metre run of Ollie Hall um, and we watched the vision of that and we deliberately, I deliberately used the British commentary, not the McAvaney commentary because they were a little bit biased for, towards the Scottish world champion. Righto that Ollie Hall had to run past. So that came through in the call rather than the pro-Australian of McAvaney, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because they were referring to the Scottish bloke. So the Scottish bloke for us, that's, that's a chuka. They're the champ. They're out in front. They're undefeated. So we spoke about that beforehand. We looked at the vision, and so I mentioned it at half time. We got from 21 points down back to eight or nine points, whatever it was, at halftime. And so I was able to say to the group, hey, we're, we're on track here. We've got the champ in front of us, um, but we're close enough. And built built on that um, at three-quarter time. So, yeah, I obviously come up with some different things in my addresses to the players, but it's never random. It's always part of an ongoing narrative or story or whatever it may be and it's all owned to building belief so you know the the first seeds of, of that win were sown in the rooms at Euroa after that loss that it's doable that, and yeah we just built our way through so you know we everyone talks about footage play between the years and attitude and all those sorts of things and part of my role as a coach is to make sure that the players have got a framework of belief, understand the tasks that need to be done so that they can um, play well. That's part of my role, help them play well. Yeah. And, you know, and that's tooling them up, make sure they're tooled up on what needs to be done and, and the how, how to go about it. So, look, we had a really good week. I've maybe got off, off question here, but we've had a good week in terms of preparation and drills and what we felt we needed to do and, and then arrived at the ground and, and then just built on it. Let's feel good about what we're doing. We're at home. The weather's perfect. Let's, you know, nothing to crack, you know. We don't want to die wondering, that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, like quarter time, you know, or early on, three goals, two to nothing. But I thought our effort was still there. I didn't think we were playing poorly. Um, so when I came in at quarter time, it was 11 goal. Uh, sorry, it was 11 free kicks to a chunk of our four. Um, so I said, look, maybe we've been a bit overzealous. Let's just have a bit more control in our pressure. Um, because a couple of those free kicks and, and two fifties were directly gave a Chuka goals. So let's get back onto it and uh, be close enough at half time. And, uh, and they were. So we're able to then at half time able to, Again, talk about the how and the structure and, and what needs to change and where do we need to improve and those sort of things. Yeah, definitely, mate. Just I'll, I want to go back to what you were saying about with you know using those speeches and having a theme that you run with and you know your analogies because where did you pick that up and I guess how crucial do that you know have you found that they play on on your football team no matter if that's Werribee or, or Marupna. Yeah, I can't probably pinpoint on the on the first as to where you know that comes from, but I'm um, I've always wanted to coach footy. Yep. Uh, my my dad coached me, so I grew up in a coaching household where footies were getting pumped up and teams were getting picked. Uh, 
and my dad coached footy before I uh, was a player. Like, he wasn't a dad that, oh, right, I'll coach the team because my son's in it. He was the sort of person that was playing in the seniors at Violet Town Football Club in the Tungamar League, but he's playing in the seniors and coaching the under-18. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. He, so he's that sort of person. I've grown up in that sort of house. Um, I've always gone out to huddles. I was, I was a little six-year-old that was in between the legs of the players and getting to the front and listening to what was going on. <laughs> the young mascot, I, as it was. Yeah, I'm that day. kid. Yeah, I'm that kid. In, in the huddle, getting in there, in spots I shouldn't have been, getting water spilled on me or pinching an orange out of the four-litre ice cream container that got handed around to the players. I'm that kid. So I've got every memo I've ever been given by a coach. I'm that sort of person. I'm that person. Yeah. Um, so in terms of it's just my coaching style and analogies and um, trying to help guys understand and simplify stuff, and um, that's just my style, I suppose. And I'll use various, you know, I can be very direct and will be direct, but then some things need to be subtle and some things are a story. And helping them to understand and you use a Buster Douglas who they don't know about but you try and frame that up or you give them the Ollie Hall um, or the one that I mentioned on the weekend, you know, about eating an elephant. Now, that's just the size of the enormity of the task of what's at hand. What we've got to do here, boys, is beat the undefeated team. That's a big task and for some blokes, they look at that in its entirety and perhaps self-doubt, doubt their team. But if we break it down, well, how are you going to eat an elephant? If we had to do it, and we speak about it in these terms, so then game day's not foreign. If we actually had to do it, how would you do it? Yep. There's only one way. It's one bite at a time. So, yeah, I use something like that. There's a little bit of humour associated with it, so that yeah. takes a little bit of the pressure out of it because I will tell it with a smile and and then hopefully they can feel good. There's some self-affirmation about the task at hand. Um, well, it seemed to yeah, work, mate, so, so definitely don't uh, give up on that because, yeah, it, it definitely worked at the weekend. It was great. It did work, but, like, it's um, – and, like, not uh, – you know, not all my addresses are like on the weekend. You know, a lot of, you know, I don't come up with, it's not every huddle every week is like that. But the stakes were massive and mm. we had to get them over the line. They needed as much help as the coaching group could provide. And I'm very lucky there, but tremendous assistant coaches. Um, well, they just need as much help as, as we can provide them because we, I come back to, you know, what's your role as a coach? There's a lot of things, but at its core is help them play well. They want to play well. Mm. Within the team, it's not just kick smart handballs. It's playing a role or understanding their role so that they keep their spot. That's what they want. Um, so there's multiple ways to do that and frame that up. And uh, You know, human brain's complex thing. Well, we've got 22 of them. Um, so... Some of these analogies and some of these things well, you don't necessarily work for every player, um, but then you'll come around a different way and frame things up, you know, perhaps individually in amongst everything that's going on at the team level. Then you, myself and the assistants are then hopefully following up with a few of the other guys that are at a different stage in their development and hit their buttons and try and get them to understand the things that they need to do and different methods there as well. So... It's complex and it's not easy coaching. It's, and that I've said many times that it can, never fails footy. Part of it is because you've got 22 players. It never fails to throw up challenges. There's always things that come up that uh, you've got to work your way through as a coach and how to best deal with it to help the player play well. Absolutely, John. And um, yeah, obviously, uh, Achugas, in the past, you look forward to a big elimination final this weekend against Rochester. Um, I guess, yeah, just um, what's the, uh, what's the, the, the build up been, been to this one? So we trained Sunday morning. That was the first thing we felt because it was euphoric Saturday. So we trained Sunday morning as part of our strategy to move on. And we knew that, you know, Monday's paper, Shep News did a great job. 
all that. We knew that was there, so we 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 trained Sunday to just try and move on. So there weren't too um, many dusty uh, boys on on Sunday morning, John. Yeah, there probably would have been because I do. <laughs> I want them to. Enjoy, I don't. I want them to enjoy their win, but they can't go overboard. Yeah. Um, and no, they were pretty good. Lots of ice though. Because <laughs> torrid game. It was a physical really, game. It was really physical. It was, and that's a credit to Achuca, I reckon. Um, because we had to be balls and all. We had no other way. But there, yeah, they could have been, you know, sitting back or waiting for the next week. You know, they had nothing really to play for. But credit to them, they didn't. It was on. So lots of ice in our boys. But no, not too many of them green around the gills are okay. Um, and yeah, we so that we so that's why we started. And then uh, this is true too for both the Chuka and ourselves. Things and it's a wise man once said, things are as, never as bad or as good as they seem. So, yeah, we're feeling good about ourselves, but we weren't perfect and we made a few mistakes our first quarter, as we discussed. We get to 17 points and then almost immediately a Chuka kicked two goals straight away. So we've got to be in a position where we can plan to prevent that happening again. So, yeah, things are never... So we had the theme last night, things are never as good or as bad as they seem. So, to get the euphoria for a minute, let's have a look at where we can improve, whether it's the things we did well, how can we make them better, and where were we glaring, poor, or did any stuff hit unacceptable? Talk about that. Um, so, yeah, we've done that. And uh, had a, it was pretty wet last night. Didn't have the sort of training session we would have liked, but we certainly had a run around. And, and now we'll, you know, fine-tuning Thursday and... Um, yeah, you know, we spoke about the rules of finals. There's no draws, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're at a Chuka, we're in the way room, we're in white shorts, all those, get all that stuff out of the way and organised and hopefully fine-tuned Thursday, keep it as normal as we can. And and um, and then, yeah, try, you know, we uh, jump into it on Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, we're excited and we're trying to keep it as real as we can and not get too carried away with what happened on Saturday that's passed. Beautiful. And obviously, uh, Rochester's a, an, 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 another big challenge. Um, you obviously uh, yeah, played some, some, some pretty good footy against them earlier in the year, I guess. Yeah, what are you um, expecting out of the Tigers on, on Sunday? Yeah, we got away to a flyer when we played them last time. and It was probably the only time we've done it. Um, and But they came back pretty hard and very even after that. And I think they might have even won the second half. So, again, we're not under any illusions. And we get, I can't quote you. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Matt Dean and, and Gugliotti and uh, Lockie Devine. So, we've, we've got a few out since that game. And they, because they've had a torrid run with injury, Rochester, particularly early in the year. They've got a few back. So, if you look at the player balance sheet, if I can call it that, um, They've probably got their noses in front, so we're not under any illusion um, from from that last game. You know, some people might say, "Oh, you've won by forty odd points or whatever it was," but no. So we will be expecting um, hard and tough game. They've got some quality midfield and uh, an interesting mix in their forward line and capable defenders. So they've won. They're ahead of us. You know, they've won twelve games, so we won't obviously taking them lightly. And I just think it'll, you know, uh, it's been wet the last couple of days, but the rest of the week looks good. So we want to draw, you know, we tip into, when do we hit September? Is that tomorrow or Friday? Yeah, tomorrow, um, right, yeah. tomorrow, is it? Tomorrow, Thursday, Simon. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, we tip into better weather, hopefully. That's what people love. We love September footy, don't we? So hopefully we get that up at, Good ground at the Chuka. Hopefully, you know. Um, and you're calling on all Marupna supporters to get up there on Sunday. I did see the uh, the Cats TV last night on Tuesday night. Yeah, I wound them up a bit there. and um, <laughs> Yeah, Tuesday night edition, you know, as you folks have gathered, you know, I take what I do seriously, but I don't take myself too seriously. Yeah. I'm happy to sort of take the piss out of myself a bit. <laughs> um, no, it is. <laughs> wound up my brother-in-law, and that's a true story. He was in Shepparton and went and did the shopping instead of coming to the footy. Um, 
And, yeah, so I'm calling on, yeah, Maroota people get up there and, um, and I'm sure the Rochester, you know, Rochester's a, been a tremendously successful club over the years. Um, their reserves are in as well, you know, so hopefully, yeah, two tribes attend and, um, you know, it's another great day at the footy for for people, which is, um, I think people are still coming back to the footy post-COVID, to be honest. Volunteers, yeah. players, supporters are still returning. So, um Going like we had last week at our joint in great weather. Hopefully, we get that at the Chuka on Sunday. Yeah, and just on that, John, you know, as you mentioned, trying to get people back to to the footy after post COVID, that win at the weekend, um, yeah, that was pretty special uh, personally to be to be there working. Um, yeah, being just in the rooms and um, you know amongst all that emotion from you know supporters that, and players that have you know not played finals for. And, you know, supporters haven't seen their club play finals for so long. Um, yeah, talk me through that win and the feeling in the club rooms. Was that, how does that, where does that rank for you as a coach? That, so just probably keeping finals footy separate. Mm-hmm. For a home and away win, and I've been in this paper, you know, a long, long time now. For a home and away win, that went right up there. Yeah. Like, it's podium stuff. It's podium finish that. The build up, as I said, it's, you know, if you can imagine going to Manfield hoping to win, uh, going to Euroa hoping to win, uh, right over the balls down to this. We've had a great year. You know, we're in the top six the entire, like Carlton, the AFL. So big build up. Um, yeah, a lot of emotion. Um, come from 21 points down. At a personal level for me, yeah, right up there with the greatest home and away wins I've been involved in um, as a coach. And then when you layer in the, you know, just the background of Marupna, because um, there's a current generation that haven't had much success, and then there's a previous generation, and the best one I quote there is uh, Lake Vandermeer, mm. who's now down at the Bulldog, his dad, which is the previous generation from these players. Yeah, Jeff, they, you know, they went yeah. a big stint without playing, uh, you know, having a lot of success there, didn't they? Yeah, he, he played th- about 300 games. Mm. So that's 15 years of footy at Marupna. Played in one final. Yeah, wow. So that's the previous crew. Yeah, people are saying, yeah, we haven't had success since 20... Uh, been in finals since 2014. But then that previous generation, they had years and years and years, obviously, because Jeff didn't miss any because of injury. So he's played 300 games. He's only getting 18 games a year because he's not playing finals. He's not like those Hawthorne blokes in the 1980s that are playing <laughs> 25 games every year. You know, so he's playing 15 years and played in one final. And all the people that are watching the club, they're copping that as well. So I use the Vandermeer example because I think it, it shows the enormity of the um, the hard yards that Marutna people have gone through. And that's part of my motivation. One of my key performance indicators for us is that we are in the game at three-quarter time. And that that's... That's about us as a team, but it's also about Marupna people who are coming to watch their game. As a playing group, it's our responsibility that they, they're they still there at three-quarter time with some hope. Yeah, we might, have to, we might have to have a quarter that's off the charts to actually win it, but we're not 10 goals down, you know. We're four or five goals down at, at worst, um, and we've got some sort of show to give people hope and so that they have a good day at the footy. So, um, and it's off the, the Vandermeer type example and then the generation following that where that sort of KPI, if you like, and I've drilled that into the players that we've got to be competitive. Um, we want to have a good start to a game. That doesn't mean that we kick eight to nothing. It might mean that it's two goals all. Mm. That's, a good, that's a good start for us because it sets up the KPI that we must be close enough at three-quarter time. Give yourself a chance. That's it, mate. Um, that's right. Give yourselves a chance in the last 25 minutes. So if that means that the good start is that it's two goals all at quarter time, well, so be it. Beautiful, mate. Look, I reckon 
we'll leave it there. You've given us plenty and um, we really appreciate you putting time aside each week to chat with us. And um, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, you're able to keep up the momentum from last weekend's game and yeah, you can get a a win uh, on Sunday. So um, yeah, best of luck from us uh, for this weekend, mate. Appreciate it, boys. chat what a man what a chat john lamont there um i love that chills literal chills (laughs) that that was overly dramatic that was a bit dramatic but um yeah that um the video that i played at the start of the podcast um that was john obviously um speaking to the boys after the win um that video i posted to twitter last time i looked that had over like 1400 views it was just like and then pe- people are just yeah, and, and amongst it and people were you know people were commenting like you know how good like johnny's the best like he just seems like he's a well-loved figure um not just in the gv um i'm just trying to find it For, yeah john lamont's first address uh to the playing group after the win it's just loading yeah still at 1400 so just Incredible. So, um, incredible reach. Yeah, obviously, you know, Coach Werribee back in the day. Um, yeah, if you look at, you know, Paul Amy wrote, wrote a massive feature about him as well. So, yep. he's, he's certainly getting around, isn't he? At the moment, Johnny. Yeah. And it just comes, you know, back to, I guess, they've, you know, really lucked out in the fact that they've got a coach like John come up and, and you know, not only is he changing the senior football team, but it's the junior ranks, it's the culture at the club. It just goes just beyond the senior football team. Um, and, and he yeah, it's, takes he's it been so a, seriously. He's, yeah, he's been a, a huge asset to the club. Um, so, no, they've, they've really done a great job with uh, with bringing him on board and uh, um, no doubt other clubs uh, would be pretty envy of, uh, of what the Cats have been able to do. All righty. Anything uh, else to, to get through, Daniel? I've, I've got a lunchtime league legend. Uh, oh, here he goes. You know, it was a bit of a – we kind of forgot to, to have a look through the paper and, and find one, I will admit. But I've, uh, I've had a quick look at my beloved Pecola District League and we got Jesse Colston. Now, Jesse, Jesse Colston stood up for Tokemol with a man-of-the-match performance. He kicked five snags and he's just had a day out. He's just absolutely taken Katandra to the cleaners. Um, and one, they only kicked seven seven goals for the game, and he kicked five of them. Oof. So he's just he's had a he's had a day out, and and they've won their uh, semi final re- matchup in the reserves. So he is oh, in no. the running for our lunchtime league legend. Huge! Now congratulations, uh, that's uh, big. Um, pre preliminary finals in the Piccolo League, Daniel. Um, it is, mate. Yeah, is. can you just give us a quick run through what's happening uh, in the PD? Yeah, so we got Strathy, Strath, I can't say Strath Merton, <laughs> Strath Merton versus Tungamar in the footy um, on Saturday in Rennie, and then in the netty we got Strathy again playing Piccola. Yep. Um So they should be two pretty good games, and then on Sunday in the netty we've got Tungamar versus Katamatite. Um, and in the football, we've got Wayai versus Katanga. So four um, really good games um, of on each day there and, and on both days there. Um, there's four really good games across the weekend, I'm trying to say. Um, so, yeah, that should be should be good. And hopefully I'll be able to get up there and, and watch some, some cracking No doubt you'll be able to get ball. up there, mate. Don't worry about yeah. that. And, um, yeah, Mario League, it's... The second week, it's semi-final action. Yeah, it all kicked off last week, which is exciting. Um, yeah, so this weekend, uh, first versus second, so copy in the footy, copper room, take on Mole Whaler, and yeah, what's said to be a ripping contest at Finlay. And then on Sunday, on Moama after an incredible four-point win over King Gupner in the, in the elimination final last week, they play a red-hot Tongala side who, yeah, are fresh off a 70-odd-point win against Denny, Dillock and Rams in their uh, first elimination final, so... Yeah, it's uh, interesting stuff um, in the footy and then the, and the netball side of things. Uh, the Rams uh, take on Rumbelara in their first first second clash. So the winner of that um, will go on, on to the grand final. And then in the uh, semi-final, um, the elimination one, you've got um, 
Nathalia, who had a nice win against uh, Moela last week, take on Moama, who, like their footy team, had a thrilling one-goal win against uh, Tony at uh, yeah, last week. So big, big stuff happening. <laughs> big stuff. All <laughs> yeah. right. KD, you know. What's happening in the KD? In the KD. Uh, look, we've just got Avenal and Shepparton East playing off in the first semifinal in the football. This is a, a game that many thought would be the grand final, but wasn't to be. So they're playing uh, down at Avenal on Saturday. And then in the A-grade netball, we've got Dookie United up against Violet Town. And then on the Sunday at Central Park Reserve, uh, we've got Gamby taking on Lancaster in the footy. And then in the netball, uh, it's Tally Garupna up against Merrigam. So, yeah, some big games there in the Kyrum District Football League. And uh, Kyrum District Football Netball League, I should say. And, yeah... Boys, we've forgotten about the Shep Gators. This is oh, the I biggest thing that's happening at all. It's best till last. Best till last. Best till last. This is, there's so much happening. There's Golden Valley Hockey Association Grand Finals on. There's GVL Finals. There's GVL Finals. There's Goulburn Murray Junior Football League final Grand Finals on Sunday. Like, it's just so much sport happening at the moment. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to... Yeah, wrap your head around. Yeah, mate, it's just <laughs> it's going everywhere. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing either. <laughs> I'm glad that this is a podcast. Yeah. Not a video. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Gators they started their grand final series at the weekend. Just gone. They went down at Ballerine to take on the Storm. First game of a potential three game series, and they went down by three points. Yeah, sad stuff, but you know. That's why they get two home games. They that's can, it. That's maximizing it. the home profit. That's it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. deliberately yeah. lose yeah. the they, first. They game. just wanted to yeah, make sure that everyone that, that you know they could get fans of both games. So. Exactly. They can two days of canteen there, mate. Could be something, in, there, could, could be something in that. Get some funding. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they do need a uh, a better and bigger sports stadium. That is for sure. So, yeah, if any of the uh, local, and state, and federal MPs, you're, if you're all tuning in, make sure you you know make sure that uh, Joe Biden, if you're still tuning. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I don't reckon he's mate. <laughs> he's got bigger fish to fry. Um, but yeah, so the Gators—they're back at home this weekend. First games on Saturday night, and hopefully they get the job done and force a game three on Sunday. Uh, if you've got nothing on this weekend, I know there's plenty happening, but try and get up there, get it there nice and early because it's gonna get—it'll be packed out, it'll be sold out. I'm. I can't wait. I, Even if you've got everything huge. on this weekend, I think you still, still get, get down there. there. Yeah, it's, it's going to be huge. The boys have had yeah, as a, as it's, you know, as we've said plenty of times on the podcast, they've had a fantastic season, and yeah, they do deserve to get get the chalky. So get down there if you're if you are not busy. That's it, mate. I can't wait for that. Alrighty, anything else uh, before we wrap things up on another episode? I think I'm just about good. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I think I need to go home and go to yeah. bed. <laughs> I've got a four and a half hour drive ahead of me. Uh, so enjoy Warrnambool. Ah, uh, look, man, I'll try and enjoy the the sunny southwest. Uh, um, yeah, not sure how that's going to go, but uh, you'll be right. Yeah, it should be blowing. You can a listen gale to this podcast on the way down. <laughs> yep. Well, the rate we're going, we'll still be uh, <laughs> <laughs> still be chatting. Um, now, nah, look, boys, thanks heaps for for jumping on. Um, and for everyone tuning in, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, for what is it? Another episode of the rundown. Number eighteen, maybe. I think I number think. eighteen. Yeah, Almost I reckon. Almost at twenty. Let's go. <laughs> Just we're, we're waffling. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's right episode on. eighteen <laughs> of the rundown podcast with the midday warriors. We'll catch you all next week. If you've got a story idea or a lunchtime league legend you want us to know about, hit us up at sport at shepnews.com.au or message us on social media.